Star Trek, The Nerdy Frontier. These are the discussions of the Good Time Society. Their continuing mission, to explore each episode, to seek out new topics and ridiculous observations, to boldly watch what they've already watched before. Xander, if you were trapped in a room with a laser drill that was firing at you um, pretty much at about, I would say, uh, two beams a second, uh-huh. uh, and you got four words to say to someone who is asking what's happening in the room, <laughs> Yeah, what would you say with those four words? Uh, Data, for, for Hint, said, yeah. too much to explain. Right. Uh, no time kicking ass. That's what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Becca? Kicking ass. Oh, man. I mean, Xander already perfected it. Uh, I, I I did think about this as I was watching the episode about, mm-hmm. like, is that the right thing to say in that situation? I think it would be, ah, come quick. Yeah. Drill angry, well, help me. Get me right. out. And, well, that course of action would draw them to the danger, and he was under the impression he could handle it and uh, keep the squishy uh, meat bags away from the danger. And boy, did he handle it. Mm. You call them meat bags? Uh, I call right. them bags of mostly water. Right. Yeah, it's a, your perspective. If we were 90% meat, that'd be a pretty gross species to be. Ew. Well, I think we do encounter that in Star Trek. I'll just leave that to the audience to figure out All what right. I'm talking well, let's, about. Wait a minute. <laughs> let's talk about what we're talking about, which is uh, home soil. <laughs> Episode 17 of the first season, when the Enterprise visits an outpost in the process of terraforming a dead planet, they find the science team threatened by a mysterious new life form. It's a, wait, a life form? Well, it's debatable for a time. Wait, doesn't a life form have to be organic material? Oh my god. So I know we're going to go into like the outline of things, but when Jordy said that, uh, like how could it be alive? It's inorganic. Right in front of Data, and I was like, what are you... (laughs) What are you doing? They're your friends. Dick move, Jordy. So as an android, does he have organic things about him at all? Because he has like this weird exterior that is like skin slash hair. Is that all artificial as well? I don't know, Jake. I don't. Who knows at this point? Xander, you you so quickly (laughs) answer my questions, and this is the first time you've been exhausted by it. You're just like, Jake, what do you think? I don't think about Star Trek. No. I I think what? Come on, uh, Jake. Yeah. I don't think about what an android's made out of, as if that's a crazy thing to ask you. Right. I think uh, multiple times there have been scans where Data has been alone in an area and registered as not a life form. And so oh. I think that is sort of what we're supposed to take from it, is that Data doesn't register on scans as a life form. Therefore, when Jordy is scanning these, that's, I think, a little more of a slap in the face. I think his skin is fully artificial because it doesn't wound like human skin. Right. Yeah, that's that's a good point. He also doesn't replicate, right? They're artificially organic. Right. Well, so let's. this episode opens with uh, a really just a mystery, which is that the colony doesn't answer on the first call. And then when they do pick up, which I don't know if we ever really explained why they were delaying their answer, it turns out that Troy's got a bad feeling about what's going on down there. Everybody's nervous. Mm-hmm. Director Mandel is full of lies. <laughs> but then the away team beams down and we meet Louisa Kim, who I'm obsessed with. She's a great character. She's a great character. She looks so bomb in the outfit that they all wear, but it really works for her. It's this yes. gray jumpsuit with, the with an asymmetrical waist. lapel, cinched waist, thick belt, big boots. I want this outfit really bad. And she calls herself a gardener of Eden. 
Yes. Yeah, that's her title. Yeah. This is definitely when you're on a terraforming mission, I think after about six months, you're like, you know what? You can call yourself whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's most jo- most startups. <laughs> well, terraformers are obsessive. Everyone knows that, right? I mean, it's <laughs> it well fits established. The yes. I mean, I know I am an Animal Crossing. And the yeah. first thing I wrote down was terraforming. Is this an Animal Crossing crossover episode? It was not. No, I mean terraforming no, is the ultimate startup business when you think about it. It's so true. It's a good comparison. You get godlike. Wow, you're taking that word too literally. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that this is a, a sort of insight into how humanity sort of is spread out in the galaxy, and they even bring up a, cla- uh, a term that we've brought up before, which is class M, transforming a planet from a different type of class into a class M habitable life. Funny that you mentioned that, and it may take me a second to find it, but I'm going to need to tell you what my sister told me because she listens to the show Uh and uh, she has critiques when we're not thorough enough. Oh, Um, oh gosh. Okay, here we go. Is it the parameters mm -hmm. of a class M planet? It is what M stands for. Oh. Hold on. I don't know. In episode eight, one of their favorite episodes. Our episode eight. Oh, okay. Yes, she's giving me notes on our episodes. Gotcha. Yes. Um, In episode seven, we mentioned class M, and Lisa, my sister, Uh uh, and Greg, what up, uh, (laughs) they explain what a class M planet is in a throwaway line in Enterprise. It's actually originally Vulcan, not human, and it stands for Menshara class, meaning most suited for humanoid life. Wow. So you know who the true trekker of the family is. Yeah, that's, I got goosebumps. That's some great information. I love that. And it makes (laughs) sense. Because we learned how to like chart the stars from the Vulcans. So it would make sense that our rating system would have the same sort of thing. I'm so happy that gave you goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> well, we we learn a little bit about terraforming uh, because apparently the Starship crew doesn't really know much about it, nor have they ever really seen it up close. So we get a tour from Louisa Kim and her awesome outfit. But mm-hmm. still, <laughs> something's going on down here because Mallinson, is that his name? Yes. He uh, he gets told to go go handle some task, and then we hear some terrifying screams from behind a locked door. That was pretty brutal sounding of a death. This is one of the most brutal scenes we've seen so far. There, there's an actual death. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't see him dead as, at first. He goes up to the starship, and Crusher tries to save him, and he doesn't make it. No, and they, they try to save him, but <laughs> that little sequence was great when uh, the director was just like, it's jammed, and he's just mashing buttons. <laughs> like, it's jammed because you're jamming it. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> right? Come on. That's classic old man with tech. Mm. Uh just to go back to Louisa Kim, I have to just shout out this monologue <laughs> one more time about terraforming. Yeah. It's so passionate and so beautiful. She explains everything they're doing to all the different elements of how they're going to create life and create a whole biome on this planet. Little do they know, there's some things they're overlooking. <laughs> but, yeah. And then they have to solve a murder. Well, I think that was um, just to hit home the point how important this this mission is and how important it is to these people because we haven't really said you know terraforming whatever you can just find a planet and start doing it but they're establishing no this takes a long time lots of bureaucracy we need to test everything we need to get a plan in place we need to find people who are willing to do it and then we need to launch the mission get the fun you know what i mean so that the stakes are higher Rather, so when the when the problem comes up, they can't just go, well, let's just pack up and leave. Oh, well, we'll find another planet. Absolutely. Makes a lot of sense why Mandel is clinging and denying to the fact when he does find out there's something weird with this planet. It's trying to send us messages, which means there's something intelligent here. 
Yeah. I love this sort of um, hiding behind the bureaucracy, especially because he seemed to be the only one that really understood the implications of what these patterns and things were meaning. And he kept it to himself uh, behind, oh, well, a ton of people checked this. It should be fine, right? If a ton of people did, it's not my fault for not noticing. And Mr. Mullet had some hints, <laughs> but he didn't share them with, with the class. Right. Bjorn Benson was his name, as oh, a matter of fact. Oh, thank you. I wrote that down because of his mullet, purely. I was like, I need to remember this man's <laughs> name because that mullet is like, I think, I don't know, what what is this, 1988, 87? It feels like the quintessential mullet of 1988. Isn't Bjorn Benson a member of ABBA? <laughs> <laughs> Right? I hope I... so. Now, this is about the time that we get into Data's moves with the laser because shortly after Mendelssohn dies, Mallinson, <laughs> Mendelssohn was a scientist. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> also, also a scientist. Um, Mallinson dies, then Data is in there checking out this laser, that they, the laser mm. ray that was destroying things, and we find out later sucking up a thin later, layer of saline water from the planet, and that's when the laser starts attacking data right who got moves he's he quick <laughs> he's so left. quick dodge right he critted on his dex check his dex save oh man totally critted uh, it's incredible i love this scene i love the times when we get to see data's physical prowess because brett spiner is so precise in his movement when he gets the opportunity to be that it's really really fun to watch yeah and also, they had the, I, I can't remember if they did speed it up too much, but sometimes they play around with either speeding up or slowing some things down. But you can tell that he really wants to physically do it and do it fast, so he's trying his best. Yeah, I remember the, rearranging the chips, episode three or four. Or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was definitely sped up, and it actually, I thought, looked pretty good from what I remember it being looking, like, not as great. <laughs> right. Uh, now, we also get the line, it seems we are becoming detectives, number one, that Picard says, <laughs> but really he needed to say it to Data, so Data puts on his Sherlock hat. Yeah. It didn't happen. <laughs> Wished it happened. Well, Data did the most sleuthing. He kind of, I'm not sure exactly how he figured it out. He kind of never described, but he's just like, or he never, like, really described exactly how he knew, but he just said, you know, this laser is malfunctioning. It's operating like it has a will. I'm not going to lie, in the fear of doing this podcast that you guys are going to ask me questions about some of this techno babble, <laughs> I legit stopped paying attention for maybe the first part of the episode completely of like, oh yeah, the drill thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I was like, wait, I don't know why any of this is happening or if it was <laughs> established why. Uh. The thing is, it's actually not. It's kind of a, it's just a mystery. They don't really say gotcha. what's going on. Phew, they, I'm off they the just hook. know the drill, the drill malfunctioned. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, these things start to become aware. What I'm not really unclear on. No, as here's why, why he knew it had a will was because it, it was following him in a way that was not what they would have programmed that laser to do. Mm -hmm. Telling him that someone or something that has a will was, was controlling, controlling it and it. trying to kill him. That's right. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. Becca got the techno babble answers. <laughs> the drill don't have the will. <laughs> oh, that's what that silence was. You, you just got a drill, you of. got the will. <laughs> it's a warning sign on all engineering stations. With, if the drill has a will, get out. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just got a poster with a cat hanging that says that. <laughs> Why is the cat hanging? And he's cut in half with a laser. Uh, <laughs> Data was being real theatrical with his conquest of that um, drill, right. too, because he didn't answer. And then when the smoke cleared, he just kind of strutted out. I liked that move. Um, I think Data's getting oh, more yeah. and more theatrical in all of it. Like, all together, yeah. he's picking up on, I don't know, where he's getting it. Riker? Is this Riker's fault? 
He's a it's got to be Riker. So much sass. <laughs> or he's hanging out with Jordy. Maybe Jordy's doing it. <laughs> Didn't he bring? I th- I believe Jordy comes down to examine yep. the dead laser with him now because of laser. his vision. Because <laughs> Data's like, hold on, I need some super eyes on this. And Jordy sees the first glimpse of this inorganic life we've mentioned, where he sees that the color and the light and the flashes have a sort of musicality to them. Mm-hmm. Interesting way of putting Which that. Which we never really expanded on, as I recall, right? Because nobody knows Morse code anymore. Kids these days. <laughs> <laughs> and Jordy gets obsessed. He's, he just is watching this thing. He's just yeah. like, oh my god, you guys... You're missing out on the laser light show because I get it in different dimensions you're not processing. Yeah, he gets a different concert every time. Right. He's also putting off ultraviolet, ultra red, ultra, something ultra. (laughs) Something. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We're also seeing this, besides the friendship between Jordy and Data, we're seeing Jordy come into his engineering side, which will be important for his character later. Um, but he gets, like you said, excited about these discoveries and this tech and things. So I think it's important that, that we get his perspective. When they look down into the tunnels, super deep into that hole in the planet's core, I when they see the flashing light, I'm like, oh, I'm interested to see what this life form is. And then they take it to the medical yeah. lab, and it's one Christmas light. One Christmas <laughs> light. I know. I was like, what? That's it? When they started, uh, spoilers, they start replicating. And I was like, this is how you defeat it. Just unscrew one of them. It takes out the whole thing. Ah, oh, genius. <laughs> that's that's how you do it. Easy. And then eventually, a la Pokemon, the Christmas lights evolve into a Spencer's gift tchotchke crystal thing. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Where did the budget go for this? I understand to that To Spencer's were... gifts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. It's a salt lick light. <laughs> when it's in observation in the lab and Jordy's there hanging out, they start to realize that different things are happening when it's being observed by the monitor that's enhancing the vision, like magnifying, uh, mm-hmm. and, and when they get closer. And <laughs> the doctor's like, step further away, step further away, turn off <laughs> magnification. Oh, my God, it's doing something different, which I thought was really, really interesting uh, in a quantum mechanics sense because have you guys heard of the double slit experiment? No. Is it like a Schrodinger's box? Yeah, it's in that that realm of quantum mechanics, which I really enjoyed the show Devs on Hulu, which just came out, uh, Ooh, that deals a lot with sp- quantum mechanics. But yeah, the the double slit experiment. I was gonna look it up so I could describe it better, but I'm just gonna go off recollection. We'll see how I do. So basically, on a quantum level, if you shoot a particle through two slits, uh, it will go through either one of them. Yes. Like theoretically. Right. Uh, and it, it can only be in one place at one time. Yes. But when it's not observed, it goes through both of them. It's the yep. Schrodinger's cat thing. Like anything is possible, therefore both are happening until it's being observed. And if there's a camera or if there are human eyes watching this particle being shot through the slit, then it... it just goes in one place so it like if you imagine a a water wave splashing through these two slits it'll go everywhere but if it's like a hard like a a, like a little spitball or something a laser it could only go through one so that's that's what it's unrelated but it kind of made me think like it behaves differently when it's being observed yes and very related 
to take that even further, uh, when it is observed, when we create the slit or the situation of it being observed, you could take it that we're creating another dimension of possibility. Because when we create this divergence of two possibilities, like clear cut, either this laser goes in one direction or the other, at one point, both of the possibilities exist, and this yes. reality is the one where it went right, and this is the one where it went left. So okay, it's, you gotta watch devs. Yeah. <laughs> and determinism. Yeah. Additionally, we've also crammed five actors onto the medical lab set, and so yeah. any semblance of blocking that we can do <laughs> involves turning around to look at the monitor, yeah. turning around to look at the thing again, right? backing up, turning around to look at the monitor, hmm. and turning around to look at the thing again. <laughs> Uh, it must be said that on this Zoom call, Jake has replaced his background <laughs> with this scene, and I guess you are now the the uh, the life am form. I life form. Right. <laughs> They're so concerned. Of mostly water. <laughs> no. Not wrong. Don't you? Hey, wait. That yeah, no, that that suits me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> me too. You guys are beautiful bags of ugly. No, wait. Wait. <laughs> I almost said beautiful bags of ugly water. Yeah. And you know what? I'll and take it. And the first it. time, we're also giant. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. In comparison. So around this scene is where uh, they you hear the computer saying, trying to access translator. And it's like, oh my God, they're trying to talk to us. Run and quarantine the lab. Yeah. I liked that moment. That was a little creepy because even mm -hmm. there was even a little bit of gibberish in there. And they're like, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out. Yes. <laughs> well, just go, just go, just run. Again, Crusher acting like an actual Starfleet officer of like, I don't know what's happening. The stuff is malfunctioning. Get out. And Picard's like, woohoo, let's watch. What's going on? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and, and the other thing is the computer, I thought, was very interesting in this whole episode in that it was almost another character that was adding this voice. Before this, uh, th there was a theory that the computer did and it said like computer theorizes uh, life. And then later on, Worf is doing a thing, and then the, the computer sort of uh, speaks back in a way to it. He's talking to the other officers. Not and he's like, you. I wasn't, yeah, I didn't ask you, but. Um, the computer's continuously adding in an input as a character, a non, you know, um, physical or organic based character. So I thought that was such an interesting choice. I was so fascinated by the way they made the computer theorize the source, where they all had theorized that anyway. Like right. they had made those theories out loud and then they're like, OK, computer, now you say it. OK, yeah. that's probably true now. Yeah, 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 yeah. The computer did a lot. Even Data uh, was like, hold on, scan for uh, organic compounds. Uh, and Data was like, hold on, scan again. <laughs> Still the same answer. Okay, got it. Okay, okay cool. Oh. <laughs> Data's oh, contribution. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, we find out that this thing has some life. We, we can get the confession out that they might have kind of maybe known that, especially the director who um, is clearly an obsessive, which I think Xander's mentioned is part of their profile. Terraformers. Also mentioned. Every, everybody knows. It's common knowledge. Like, it's when you get into the classes in school, they're like, we know you're obsessive. It's the just, terraformers be freaks, yo. It's the thing. Again, Animal Crossing <laughs> reference. <laughs> in the cafeteria, no one sits with the terraformers. Right. They're over there, like, rehauling the table. Either you're decorating the inside of your house or you're building waterfalls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. Things escalate pretty quickly, though, because the thing starts replicating, right? Yes, it starts replicating and evolving and taking over parts of the computer systems. This leads me to uh, a point where I had to just pause and say out loud, hold on a second. 
the programmers got their own restroom that they're locked in. <laughs> not only do we not I really be talk, a programmer. right? We don't really talk about bathrooms on Star Trek a whole lot. Uh, the sonic showers, maybe every once in a while, but they listed the places that are getting like locked down or you know um, people are confined in, and one of them they said was the programmers' restroom that people are really. In. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hear that. Yeah, and I was like, what? <laughs> That makes a lot of sense. I didn't think too much about it, but it was also the turbo lift to engineering. Yes. I think. Yep. That was the other. Didn't even write that down. See, it lasts more than two seconds. <laughs> this is a really great detail that the writers probably put in there, Xander. Is they recognized that the programmers would be the best person to <laughs> counter hack the life forms, so they waited until they were taking a shit to lock everything down. And if you've Together? ever met programmers, you know that they are constantly on the toilet, whether they're shitting or not. They That's share just a digestive cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And they share ideas by yelling through the stall wall. The life form finally talks to us and it insults us. And it mm-hmm. says, you know what? Uh, you were, uh, you didn't listen to me when I said I needed you to stop. What He needed, oh, what I was it? The, well, yeah. I had to turn on subtitles here. Uh, mm-hmm. And our little, our little life form's first words were ugly. Ugly. <laughs> you ugly, ugly. Ugly, <laughs> Giant bags of mostly water. There it is. Mm-hmm. That's pretty accurate if you were to describe a human. Did Data say we're 90% water? Is that true? <laughs> 90% seems like a lot. I think so. I think we're like 60. 70? I don't know. Who knows? It's How much 90s No, science. 70 water is Earth. Are we? Right. Oh, yeah, that's true. Right. 60. Yeah, 60, 60. According to the USGS. I don't know. I'm a gamer, not a doctor, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> if this was how much dilithium is in a warp core, you'd have an answer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, now that they're replicating, there was a really great line. I, I, uh, I think that, that Picard filled in this blank. It was like, one thing we know about computers, more is stronger. It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, that classic, uh, you know. That principle of computer science. Right. <laughs> more is stronger. stronger. Uh, and actually, they returned the insult back to this thing by labeling it a microbrain, which wasn't that the insult Q gave Worf in, like, yes. episode two or I something? I wrote that down, too. Yeah. No, he called him a big head. Yeah, the big head. Big a macro, macro, macro head, head the microbrain. I wrote down the exact same thing. That's so weird because we're both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the that sort of insult style, I guess, is really in the writer's room at this point. <laughs> I liked how everybody had their different way of talking on the bridge, which typically Typically, just Picard gets to talk on the bridge to right. whatever they're talking to, but because it was inside their ship and this thing that, so Troy is kind of like, hey, we think you're beautiful. <laughs> we didn't know. And they're like, shut up. You knew. The bags in the dome knew, meaning the terraformers, <laughs> cause much death, made us kill. War is now with you, uh, meaning all of humanity. It's yeah. pretty crazy. Also, I believe it's at this point that Jordy gets this like super close up. Like, it's not a close-up. It's like up the nostrils, close-up, pores are seen. I'm like, what? what is this shot and why? This happened a couple times. I think it also happened in the last episode, too, during when the kids were getting abducted. Or uh-huh. Like, there's tends to be a few montage shots of everybody really close as they're reacting. Right. Uh, I don't know what this is, but it's only it's in it for, like, one scene, and then it just disappears. I think they're just trying new things. Mm-hmm. I think we'll notice in different seasons where cameras are, especially since we're more film-minded uh, in this little club of ours. But like, They were foreseeing in the future when we're watching everything on YouTube, and it's way smaller, so the <laughs> 
Spotify doesn't play as well. That's but that's not far off because they were broadcasting it in a smaller file size than what we're watching now too. Yeah, for sure. Our TVs are way bigger than they were then and clearer. Uh, back then, you know, a director probably had to get that close to show emotions. Plus, with something like Jordy, you're dealing with a character that also doesn't have an eye line to yeah. emote. So maybe you didn't have to get that close to you know. That's something we haven't talked about yet because so much of acting is done with the eyes. Yeah. So the fact that we identify so much with him as a character. LeVar is, Burton is uh, a genius. LeVar is a genius. He That's mouth acting, you know? Mouth you gotta acting. just a subtle lift of the corner of the mouth ha- the has to tell you everything. The yeah. eyebrows have to tell you everything. Although eyebrows can be very expressive. Mm. We're both doing it on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> for patrons only. Speaking of sight, when whenever the um, life form actually like brightened itself to a very high level of luminosity, mm-hmm. even on the main screen on the bridge, people were like trying to like not be blinded. It's like just turn down the brightness on your own monitor. They didn't have that control at that time. Yeah, that hasn't been invented yet. No, no, they no, lost no, the no, universal no. remote like months ago, and they just can't be bothered. <laughs> it's in the cushions. Of Someone the lost captain's it deep chair. in a holodeck program. Yeah, it's not on the keyboard. It's like in the settings. You gotta Ugh. go digging for it. It would take too long. Right. But Crusher once again shows what a goddamn genius she is. Always saving the day, and she says because there's this lull, like they're not taking control of the ship so much, and she's like. Hold on, cell division is preceded by a resting state, meaning they're about to make more of them. Yes. And this is calm before the storm. Prophase, metaphase, anaphase, telophase. What? That's very impressive. How do Thank you remember you. that? Uh, eighth grade science. Yeah. Kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species. Ooh, do you got that king, what is it? King Philip jumped up something about soup. Don't even need it. <laughs> a, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. But it's interesting that she applied an organic sort of cycle to an an established non-organic life form. But whatever, it's fine. We made it work. At this point, science is magic. Hey, it's what she knows. Yeah. <laughs> science is That's magic. That's true. Science is magic is something we re- will revisit more than a few times. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we already have. <laughs> the microbrain determines us too primitive and too arrogant. Where is the lie? They're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not sure how we exactly demonstrated that, but I guess maybe we came to this pl- its planet and we just started terraforming without asking. I think that's kind of what it's saying. Right. We- Big stompy giants coming and smashing around <laughs> on our planet and like, oh, sorry, I didn't see you there on your thin layer of saline, breathable atmosphere you were right. chilling in. It's like, well, pay more attention, you heathen. Stompy, ugly water bags. Yeah. At this point, there can be a comparison to Q and the relationship between Q and Starfleet versus Starfleet versus this life form. Mm, not noticing the nuance and the detail of a life form that may know more than you in certain ways. That's like a theory or like a research statement. That's what Picard <laughs> should do next time Q visits. It says he's too arrogant and too primitive and come back in three centuries. And to call him an ugly bat of mostly light. I don't know what Q are made of. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of mostly light, yeah. this is when we figure out the mystery. They're getting bigger. That means they must be feeding on something. What are they feeding on? Dun, dun, <gasps> Photosynthesis. They there like the is. sunshine. Or artificial or, light in this case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So they turn off the lights, and that's how they get them in the, <laughs> the, get them. the headlock. The, right, kill the, the lights. Christmas light headlock. And Picard's like, we don't want to hurt you. <laughs> You're going to do what we want. Would Stay you uncle. like some nice, warm, wet sand? Yeah. Right, right. I wrote down, 
I want to go home to my wet sand. <laughs> so do I. Yeah. Um, I could no, use wet sand vacation. I think this is uh, sort of the same allegory that we got in uh, the last episode of people that are watching sci-fi shows that have been watching for a long time. It's that monster of the week mentality of like, this is the bad aliens. They're not like the good aliens that are on our ship. This is a discovery that they they're doing this bad thing. Um, and it's always turning it on its head of like, maybe they don't understand what they're doing or maybe the scale is different here. Uh, and I think this does a really good job of, it's sort of that old sci-fi tale of like a petri dish of bacteria that grows into a civilization and now you're in you charge of this. You mean The Simpsons? This. It's with The Simpsons, <laughs> like Rick and Morty did a thing, but it's like a, a, an experiment oh, of yes. like, it's with terraforming too. You become a god, so now what do you do? With the, You're responsible in a sense um, for the mm -hmm. future of this thing. As Absolutely. far as this light form has been reproducing in the lab, that's its whole world. And uh, it's totally unfair how the Federation has treated it. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up this episode, I just, you know, Riker didn't have much of a chance to get horny this episode, as he <laughs> likes to do. On All main. the time, uh, <laughs> but he he got a little he got a little horny on the side quest uh, because <laughs> he goes to see the crystal after this resolves after yeah. it's about to be transported back and it's just him in the lab and he walks in oh because he was the one turning down the lights manually yes. from just outside he the door he was setting the mood he was setting the mood <laughs> and as he walks in there's this door frame yeah. and he just brushes his fingertips lightly on the door frame not breaking eye contact with the crystal as he approaches it. And it is the most seductive thing you could do to an inorganic crystal. He was totally seeing if there was a possibility for some, you know, it's Riker. Riker's so used to turning down the lights and then getting turned on that yeah. he didn't know how He didn't know react. what to do. It's mm -hmm. so funny. It was really there, I swear. <laughs> no, that's the thing. And, and I think this is a solid argument for Riker's pansexuality of like Riker does not care about gender or species or anything. If it can be fucked, Riker is down. <laughs> in fact, he does care in that he's trying to hook up with every species. Right? He wants to be the lore book of intergalactic sex gods. I love so it. I heard you like to replicate. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You can replicate into any shape. <laughs> Honey, and, and last episode he wanted to bang that planet so you're right yeah. it's like the what else will planet. he get we'll, I love it Riker, Riker just wants to bang everything <laughs> and that's okay I really wanted a, for the very last shot like a really cheap um, shot of like the, the Spencer's gift crystal just mm -hmm. drop it into a kiddie pool like okay you're back because it just transported it and I just pictured <laughs> them like plopping it down and leaving not fixing any of the destruction they did just like eh come on terraformers let's go that crystal is not going to fit in a thin layer of saline or whatever the fuck <laughs> that is an outcast sure, right? from society that is a yeah. martyr now <laughs> at least they're together yeah. Do you want crystalline entities? Because this is how we get them. <laughs> Literally. Riker does. And that was Home Soil. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty great. Pretty fun. Um, our next episode is next week, Coming of Age. As Wesley Crusher faces the Starfleet <laughs> Academy entrance exam, representatives from Starfleet Command conduct an exhaustive investigation into Captain Picard and the Enterprise crew. I'm excited. Uh -oh. Becca, do you think that Starfleet Academy is more like Hogwarts or like, you know, a middle military academy? 
I mean, I'm going to guess military, but Hogwarts is pretty militaristic when you think about it. We'll They're see. very cor- corporal in their punishment. Do we see Starfleet Academy in this next episode? I don't, well, we'll see the structure and ah. what, what the steps are. And I think you're engineering. It sounds like we're getting like a JAG episode. Oh. Yeah. As a wise man once told me, science is magic. <laughs> Well, as a wise, uh, inorganic life engage, form once engage. called me, <laughs> ugly water. Ugly water. Ugly water. Uh, one, two, three. Engage. Ugly water. I said angly water. Okay, so we all did something different that way. <laughs> <Yay. laughs>